Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, and next, a word from our sponsors. Our next Reddit post is from Vin Singh. When I was 9 or 10 years old, my parents got a separation, later a divorce, where my dad forced my mom to sell my childhood home. And my mom got main custody with my dad having us over every other weekend plus every other holiday. My dad moved out only to immediately move in with the step monster and her three kids. Her youngest was two years younger than me and a boy. Her middle child was a year older than me and female, and I'm not sure about the oldest sibling, but she was also female. I never interacted much with her. In an ideal world, us four kids would have gotten along great, played together and whatnot or at least ignore the existence of the others. Sadly, it's not an ideal world, and that didn't happen. My younger sister got along with him just fine. I didn't. Maybe it was my then still undiagnosed Asperger's syndrome. Maybe it was me not instantly going, yay, new family. But the step-siblings didn't like me. They started bullying me. And my little sister joined in because she adored her new step-family, and she was just seven at the time. Over the first six months, the bullying got worse and worse, until I broke and tried to call home and get picked up, at which point my dad decided to start confiscating my phone as the first thing he did when picking us up. The bullying escalated even more. There was nothing I could do. The stepmonster defended her precious demon spawn, calling me a liar and saying things like, My kid said they didn't do that. She's just lying for attention. During the next year, I would try to run away from my dad's place a few more times to go to family. My stepmother lived a 40-minute walk away from my aunt and about an hour and a half from my grandparents. Then, my dad and my stepmonster moved away to a two-hour car trip from where my mom lived. Things got so bad that I dreaded going to see my dad. Sitting at every dinner, the only time I would see my dad between pickup and drop-off, listening to my dad calling my mom a fat, greedy pig and other evil things hurt. At around 12 years old, I was suicidal and numb. Since I would only see the stepmonster, mostly when she told me to get the heck out and play something, just get out of the house, I tried telling her that I wanted to die, that I didn't want to keep living like this anymore. Her response... I don't care. Get the F outside already. If you're going to kill yourself, do it outside. Not long after that, I had a meltdown at school, crying for hours and unleashing the whole nasty tale onto them. Since my school was a good one, the teachers contacted Child Protective Services who talked to me, ran some tests, and sent me to a psychologist. At some point, they contacted my dad with their concerns for my mental and emotional well-being. My dad dealt with it by calling me, saying, Since you feel you need to lie like that, you shouldn't come visit anymore. Stay with your mom. I don't care. That was my last conversation with him, although I heard a lot about him and the stepmonster from my sister. Now for my revenge. Ten years or so later, I get a phone call from my dad's sister about him passing in a car accident and the funeral. I went and met the stepmonster again, obviously widowed now, and my half-brother for the first time. During the funeral and following wake, she proceeds to insult me, my mom, and the rest of dad's family. Then, she starts complaining about his name is on everything they had together and, How is she going to keep the house now? Because she had never worked a day in her life. Which is where my revenge comes into play. See, in my country, the children of the deceased have a right to claim a minimum of $115,000 each. 
Assuming there's that much money or value in property left behind and there's no will stating otherwise. Normally, this claim comes after the deceased spouse also dies or when they try to sell the property worth money, whichever comes first. Normally, that is. Legally speaking, the children can claim it at any time. They just don't because of decency and pity for the widow. Too bad I hate her guts and both of the youngest step-siblings. As it so happens, my dad and the stepmonster own some award-winning show dogs, the house, the land, and a car. The stepmonster also got some insurance money. Plus, she'll get a sum of about 60% of what my dad would earn if he was still alive every month. If my dad had a will, she could have kept all that for herself or my half-brother. He didn't. And by that time, my sister also hated her guts. So I talked to her and did the only thing I could think of. We took her to court to claim our inheritance. Sure, we got many looks of disgust and mutters of greediness, but in the end we won and I got my share of the money. My sister got hers and our half-brother got his, locked in a trust fund for when he turns 18. This meant that the house, dogs, and car had to be sold. The insurance money also got split. So us kids each got around $115,000 each. As for my stepmonster, she got around $1,000 and the monthly sum of around $3,700. She was livid. Started screaming venomous garbage, saying I should have killed myself when I was considering it. And, how am I going to live now? I have no house. And, how dare you to force me to sell my son's childhood home. And calling me a B-word and other such things. The judge had to threaten her with contempt of court and get her escorted out before she stopped. OP, when your stepmom was complaining about not having a house, you should have turned her words back on her. I don't care if you don't have a place to live, just go outside. Our next Reddit post is from Morphine. A few years ago, I was married to a degenerate tweaker. She wasn't originally like that, but you know, meth does what meth does. I kept interfering with her tweaker lifestyle, trying to get her treatment, etc., and she rewarded my efforts with a restraining order. She lied and said I beat her, and other overly dramatic stuff. So, I get kicked out of my place and end up in a studio apartment with nothing but my toothbrush and the clothes I was wearing. One of her great plans was to get a front for a ton of dope using everything of value we own as collateral. Her drug dealer literally takes everything and puts it in a storage unit somewhere in town. My wife plans to stomp on the dope, sell it, and by the weekend be a millionaire. Tweaker logic. Of course she screws up the plan and ends up just doing the dope, so now all of our expensive stuff is in the wind. I try to work out something with the piece of garbage drug dealer, but he wanted an absurd amount of payback. Plus, I made some threatening comments he didn't appreciate, so negotiations stalled. Eventually, I catch wind that he got locked up and that some friends took all of his property and put it in storage for safekeeping until he got out. I hit every storage place in town with my story and his picture, hoping to catch some kind of break. Eventually, I find the place. The owner tells me the unit is going up for auction the next weekend for non-payment. He tells me that if I just pay the three months back rent, that he'd write it up as if I won the auction and I can have the unit. 320 bucks gets slapped on the counter and we go drill the lock. All my stuff is there. And what do you know, now I own all of his stuff, free and clear. And because I'm a nice guy, I dug out all of his personal irreplaceable stuff. Old photos, important documents, etc. Boxed them up and gave them to his mom. I found her on Facebook. Actually, I made quite a bit of money off this deal selling his junk on Craigslist. 
I came out about $2,000 in the black on this deal. I'm divorced now, have all my stuff, and I'm happy. OP, it really says a lot about your character that you gave all of the guy's personal stuff to his mom. I think most people, including me, wouldn't have taken that step. Our next Reddit post is from Stinkersley. This all happened in 2008. I was 18. I had just gotten a job at a new restaurant basically next door to me the summer after I graduated high school. The owner of the restaurant, we'll call him Ken, was an immigrant from Syria. This is relevant later. Ken had spent most of his life in the States managing restaurants in Boston, but moved to our area to help some of his family with their struggling businesses. In the beginning, things were going well. We had a steady flow of customers and some pretty good food. About a month in, however, things shifted. Ken bought a new Mercedes and house. I thought nothing of it, as he had just moved to the area two months prior. Then, things got bad. He closed on his house and made his employees move all of his furniture for him. Servers, dishwashers, bussers, everyone. He said if we didn't, we'd be fired. So, we did. He then started taking vacations and leaving his head chef, who has never even been in a professional kitchen before, in charge. He was overwhelmed and just told us all to screw off when we had an issue. Fast forward four months, Ken is now not paying employees. We started losing a lot of help. It's almost the end of summer and in a few weeks I'd be quitting for college anyway so I stuck it out. I started working 13 to 16 hour shifts 6 days a week which promised good money. I was at this point promoted to head of house and got a raise even though I wasn't being paid. I worked about 3 weeks that way, around 84 to 96 hours a week at 15 bucks an hour. I then learned that one of my friends there, a Mexican here on a work visa, had not been paid for over a month. He told me he was afraid of quitting because he didn't want to lose his visa like Ken told him would happen. I was livid. I took my uniform off and stormed to the front of the restaurant where Ken was. It was our dinner rush, which at this point meant one or two tables of people who'd probably never come back because the food was garbage. I demanded payment for the last three weeks, around $3,600 on the spot. He blew up in front of everyone. Normally, I'm passive and would back down, but not today. I was pissed. I told him that if he didn't pay me, I was calling the health board, the tax office, and the police and had this place shut down the next day. He paid me. I gave the money to our dishwasher, he needed it more, and told him to take the rest of the night and tomorrow off. The next day. I called the immigration office in our area and explained our dishwasher situation to see if they could help. I set up a meeting with them for him. I picked him up and away we went. When we got there, they asked if I could just fill out a statement to add to his file. Sure. I wrote everything. A few days later, I hear sirens. The restaurant is basically next door, remember. I look outside and see Ken being handcuffed and put in the back of a squad car and the health department bolting the doors. I walk over and see what's going on. Ken was previously being investigated for fraud and my statement was the evidence that set the investigation over the edge. I read in the paper some months later about it. In the raid, they found his ledger which showed how much money he had been skimming from the business. Over six figures. And he was charged on that. Ken was getting deported back to Syria and the rest of the sister restaurants were getting shut down pending further investigation. They never reopened. So this is a story about how a fresh 18-year-old inadvertently brought down a minor crime ring in my area, all because I was pissed they took advantage of a friend. Why are criminals so dumb? If you're embezzling funds from work, which is a felony by the way, 
why on earth would you commit other crimes that makes it more likely that you get reported to the officials? This guy deserved to get caught. Our next Reddit post is from Conscious Audience. Okay, so my cousin is a prankster. She likes telling jokes and one of her favorites is during the holidays, she likes to tell me that my uncle, her dad, is coming to pick me up. If I'm honest, my uncle is not a nice man. He yells at me and everyone for everything. He lies about people to make them look bad and him look good. He makes fun of me for being overweight. He's very verbally abusive. It's gotten to the point where I've pretty much gray rocked him, which means going no contact. And her favorite prank is telling me that he's coming to pick me up to take me to family gatherings, which I usually avoid going to if he's there. And two hours in the car with him? That's literally hell. So a couple of weeks ago, she lied and told me he called and was going to pick me up for my birthday. I felt like I was having a panic attack. I remember crying, hyperventilating, I was pacing back and forth trying to figure out some way out of it. And yes, visiting him is just that bad. She started laughing, and I told her that's not funny. She knows how I feel about that man. She said, Don't you feel better now that you know he's not actually coming? I haven't forgotten that. It's been two weeks, and I've had enough of that prank. I wanted to prank her to kind of get her back. I remembered her biggest fear. Clowns. She's been scared to death of clowns since she was a kid. So I had a friend who's over six feet tall dress up in a scary looking clown suit. I told her I got a coupon for a free dinner for two for my birthday to her favorite restaurant and wanted to share it with her to bait her. We left and I had my clown in place. The plan was to stop in the middle of this old rural road and stop the car at a specific spot where my friend was hiding. Everything went to plan. My friend parked his old junk car in the ditch on the side of the road. I stopped and said we need to check it out and see if they need help. While she's looking in it and looking around for the owner, I sneak back to my car. <laughs> my clown runs out of an old barn and straight for us. She saw him, froze, and started screaming. She ran to my car, but I sped off before she could get in. I didn't abandon her. I just drove over a hill to where she couldn't see me from where the old car was and watched in my rearview mirror. She tried running with the clown chasing her, screaming for help. <laughs> he caught up to her and she got on her knees and started crying. He laughed and revealed it was a joke. I drove back and started laughing with him. She told me that wasn't funny and I repeated what she told me. The don't you feel better line. She screamed and yelled the whole car ride at me. That I could have scared her to death. I told her that's how I feel when she tells me about my uncle. So while reading this story, I was wondering how this cousin could be so hypocritical and not realize that she was getting a dose of her own medicine. But then I realized that since she was raised by that verbally abusive father, she's probably picked up some bad habits. Hopefully she learns from this and doesn't grow up to be an entitled douchebag like her father. That was r slash pro revenge and if you like this podcast then follow me because I put out new reddit podcasts every single day.